Diabetes. 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 That's some quality audio. Yeah. Halloween morning. This is uh, AM 510. The walk time follies. The morning zomboo. <laughs> the mall walking... Mall walking uh, wake up time show. <laughs> hey, look, there's the old chess king. Hey, uh, Orange Julius. What the hey, hell? Sam Goodies. <laughs> What's chess king? Oh, chess king was a mall um, clothier. Oh yeah. Of uh, um, of purveyor of fine '80s fashions. <laughs> I think into the it may be some point into the early nineties, but not too far. Chess King, Chess King was indeed, says Wikipedia, a United States men's clothing retailer created by the Melville Corporation. Right, Herman Melville. Since become, uh, they've gotten into indie book publishing. I don't remember it, although the logo looks kind of familiar. There, there's a king. There's a crown over the uh, some aspect of it, right? No, it's just got. It looks like um, it looks like the title to a Peter Frampton uh, live album or something. Oh. Does it what have you, any? What uh, are you doing? You're moving around a great deal. I just, just I, I had to. Un, I have one plug yeah. here because I'm I'm plugging right into the the Borg, right? Yeah. And so that leaves one plug, which was formerly devoted to my um, Proctor and and Siler coffee maker <laughs> the coffee's been made so now i plug in the computer because it has a short battery life right you need you know you need a power a splitter strip. the power, power strip. strip yeah 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 we have them around the house it's just this is a a a, 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 a not an oft-used corner for right. multiple outleting yeah yeah i'm 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 looking forward next <clears> week <throat> to seeing your podcast corner in person. This may be where you like plug in your phone to charge yeah. it. I bet it is. <laughs> or other power, other, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I'm I'll be forward, doing. Looking forward to your visit. Me too. I just I emailed your wife this morning to wish her a happy birthday. She's grateful for that. And um, also uh, told her I was looking forward to uh, to seeing you, to visiting your your home. I haven't seen your new place in Seattle since you came to occupy it. Probably be the only time we're in, in our protest, our Occupy yeah. protest. <laughs> it's a tent in a public park. Yeah. So what do you what do you say to two nights? Can I get two nights at the Skoog House? Two, two nights, three nights, however many nights you wish. All right, two. It's gonna be two. It's gonna be yeah. two. I'm an easy guest. I I uh, I'm prone to wandering off uh, by myself and uh, and uh, not needing to be entertained. Uh. We have a selection of couches to choose from mm. that are nice for sleeping on, and we have an arid bed. An arid bed? Arid, an arid bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a does difference there is. Does that mean you put it's it in an just, arid bed and an arid bed? An arid bed, you just put it out on the sun porch so that the last guest's odors yeah. dissipate. Yeah, we have we have three we have three beds. We have an arid bed, an arid bed, and an erd bed. <laughs> an ermagerd bed. You don't want to sleep on the erd bed. I uh um I can't believe I've I've 
the Grey Wolf has managed to string together a ten city book tour for a thousand bucks. That that's their travel budget. I mean, I'm I'm sleeping in people's on people's couches and um and driving a rental car um all through the yeah. through the Pacific Northwest, which is fine by me. But that's that's pretty efficient work. I'm quite excited about it. Yeah. Well, if you were a diva, or if you were, you know, more uh, particular about your comforts. Yeah. It might have been a one city tour. Yeah, that's right. Ithaca would be in my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I um. I I am. I'm concerned that I have. I am advanced enough in age so that. Um, I will have a hard time dealing with the lack of privacy that comes from exclusively staying with other people for um, for a week. But I think I'll be all right. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I've already been told I'm uh, that I'm going to be attending at least one child's birthday party uh, in uh, in Spokane. Sharma's oh, very kid. good. Sharma's kids very having, good. A, having a do. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, will you be the donkey um, upon whom a tail is appended? <laughs> I I have no idea what uh, use is going to be made of me. Uh, yeah. The clown, the party clown. <laughs> now that I can do. I was yeah. Superman once at the opening of a video store in like 1986. It's pretty good. It was really embarrassing though. Mm-hmm. Was there a bulge? That's the people for you usually want to know about Superman. Yeah. I'm, how tight yeah, how tight was that? It was way too tight. And I, I'm not I mean, I'm not uh I'm I'm not uh, that well endowed, but you you're know human. A, you're I'm you're human. Go. There's you we're not yeah. we're not leaving anything to the imagination yeah. with these tights yeah. and I I was not comfortable yeah. with that at all. Especially since I was there to amuse children. <laughs> you know, I wasn't there for uh you know, a, adult women to ogle. I was there to, to for kids right. to to enjoy. And what do they see? Some teenage boy's junk. It's yeah. not cool. Nothing, <laughs> the worst birthday ever. Nothing super about that. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible birthday. That's not Superman. That's just a man. <laughs> barely. That's barely a man. <laughs> barely even a man. That's a young, young man. Uh, uh, so this book, this book tour to our, our friends who are listening is to support John's new book of short stories, uh, See You in Paradise, which is um, – Available now, I expect. I haven't I seen it. It comes out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. In all bookstores, airports, yep. aeropuertos, bus stations, train <laughs> stations, way stations, yeah. AM stations, FM stations, it's stations available, of the cross. It's available in airports if you have the Amazon app on your cell phone. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Download it. Yeah. Uh, Along with other fine ebooks by J. By J. Robert <laughs> Lennon, including um, "I'm from White Plains." Is that the name of it? Sure. <laughs> On the night plane, I'm from White Plains. <laughs> um, <laughs> and others. Oh dear. The funnies. The funnies. The. Uh, the laffies. You know, I, uh, I I originally dedicated the funnies exclusively to you, but I I underwent um, familial retraining. <clears throat> yeah, and was asked to uh, spread the love around. Yeah, but I was that was the first uh, time I realized that my main audience 
was you and Rian. That I was, I was basically writing to amuse you and Rian. <laughs> and successfully. Successfully. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. It's important to dedicate your books, I think, to, to your, your partner. Uh, if only so there'll be some trace of second and third and fourth marriages uh, over the course of one's body of work. That's right. Who, how else is how else is posterity going to know who I was sleeping with at what times of my life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it comes out Tuesday. Tu- comes out Tuesday. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Coming out Tuesday also in England, same day. Uh, I think so. Yeah, Serpent's Tale is putting it out in England, and they so it's both, coming out like eight hours before the other one. Yeah, probably. But they both have uh, great covers. I think very different ones, and uh, I'm and I'm super excited all around. I wish I could go do some events in England, but um, it's uh, it's not to be this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then on Thursday I leave for Lawrence, uh, Kansas, where I will see. So, several of your friends, I think, uh, Brad certainly and his wife, and uh, mm-hmm. Brad and the New Lawrence and the New Lawrence Library. Brad, who has dropped in on our show in the past, mm-hmm. right. uh, and then um, going to Spokane, gonna give a talk at Gonzaga, give a reading at uh, Auntie's Auntie's Books, mm-hmm. and then it's off to I think Seattle or Port. Portland next. I think Seattle. I think Portland and then Seattle. If Portland, I read that calendar. Going to Portland, then I'm going to Seattle, and then uh, uh, off to San Francisco for Green Apple Books, where I'm going to be interviewed at the podium by my editor Ethan Nasowski. Um and then I'm heading home. And then there's a breather, and then I'm going to New York and Boston and Ithaca. Plus, the Story Mountain Band records coming out. So all kinds of stuff by me, me and my mm. friends available to people to enjoy to enjoy or not but hopefully to enjoy mm-hmm. so uh it's not merely uh jill's birthday it's also halloween and i wonder if uh this is the year that um oscar knows what the hell's going on and is getting into the spirit of things he likes pumpkins <laughs> and he's enjoyed the carving of pumpkins. Yeah, at several pumpkin carving parties, and uh, acquired lots of pumpkins. He would be two, would he not be? He is two and a half, which is two, two, two and a half. No, you got you got to put in the half when you're yeah. when you're in the single digits. Yeah, he has uh, a few costumes to choose from. He has a rooster costume that is now too small. Mm. And that it doesn't it makes the thing the crotch uncomfortable and the Welcome the little, Welcome to my world, uh, Oscar. The the, uh, the hood that goes over that acts as a hood does goes over his head, which which is a lot of the costume doesn't go over his head anymore. So but it still has the wings. So <laughs> okay. it looks like a winged boy, like a winged disco boy. <laughs> <laughs> And and you hate to see just one of a winged disco boy troop. So you know? you've you've uh... well, you have the solid gold dancers. There's strength in that, <laughs> but there's nothing more vulnerable than a single solid gold dancer. <laughs> they can't protect their solid gold. <laughs> All that gold and no one to back you up with. <laughs> that winged disco boy is a sitting duck. <laughs> oh. oh, we also have a kind of a chimpanzee costume. So a little, he, dump, it, little dumpy. Well, well, what you know is every chimp dump, supposed to a, be natty? 
a dumpy chimp. <laughs> Which does is he ex- uh, expressing a preference for one or the other costume as the canonical one? He doesn't really. He doesn't really care. He doesn't right. uh, doesn't really get the costume. Are you trick or treating? We're going to go with a, a a group of friends in another neighborhood to trick or treat. All right. Uh, with a bunch of other kids are his his age instead of just being one little boy with some elderly parents standing at the sidewalk. <laughs> then go 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 go. <laughs> oh God! I'm glad it, that shit's over. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna eat eat all of his candy because he doesn't get any candy. No, no, no sugar for that boy. He goes crazy. He's already going crazy. He doesn't need more. Yeah, get that sugar away from him. Well, I'm looking forward to spending a little time with the boy. It's been a while. He's fun. It's a lot of fun. I think. When was the last time I hung out with him? Was it in uh, Missoula at that bar? (laughs) Probably at that bar in Missoula. Yeah. Kids bar, the baby bar. <laughs> Were you in? Uh, did you come to the Seattle? You didn't come to Seattle for the writing. No, AWP. no, I didn't. Because that was this year. Yeah, I missed it. I didn't miss anything. I missed uh, AWP. You know, uh, it's still new to you. Yeah. Oh, it's so new, so fresh. You've never been. You've only been to one, right? Only been to one. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to Minneapolis yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, well, fun. Yeah, it's a city of dreams, a <laughs> city of burdens, city of <laughs> dreams of burdens, <laughs> city of burdensome dreams. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's. Uh, I, I'm glad. I'm glad they chose. They've elected to make it later this year, presumably because of the weather. I mean. Surely they said we don't want people are not going to want to come to Minneapolis in January or February, so they moved it to April. Or am I wrong about that? Is there I don't know. Way? I'm sure it has something to do with cost. Um, yeah. I think what they've learned is that people will come no matter how they torture them with <laughs> calendaring or placement in the country. Yeah. Yeah. We're why we want to be punished. We need. We're writers. We we require punishment. Writers in yeah. academia require punishment. Yeah. And those outside of academia. Your punishment is not uh, is not being allowed <laughs> like... through the exalted gates of academia. Uh-huh, it's torture right. enough all by itself. You know, I sometimes I th- I think about how many committee meetings I'm missing. Yeah, and you, how, how does that empty, make you feel? How many empty chairs in <laughs> in committee meetings around the country there are that are not bearing my weight the weight of my opinions <laughs> the weight of the weight of your trolling <laughs> well we could do that or <laughs> we might as well <laughs> that's my committee voice yeah it's a good one it's a good one yeah. it ca- caught my attention yeah whooped your head right around sure as what? hell did Who's what junior faculty member dares speak? <laughs> Who dares? Ooh. Uh, so that's uh, exciting. A lot of travel. That's all contiguous travel. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, there's a there's a break in between the the West Coast and East Coast legs, but the West the East Coast is only three nights, so uh, it's not it's a, just a little 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 trip. Are you only going to listen to West Coast rap while you're out here? The West Coast, <laughs> West Coast and East Coast ventriloquism. <laughs> uh, Good. No, I've, I I'm probably going to listen to podcasts. It's, it's, yeah. it's, while I'm driving around, um, there's some new ones that I like, like the uh, the This American Life, the new This American Life spinoff serial. Have you been listening to this? I I saw it, and it seems like a lot of commitment. Oh my god, it's it's commitment easily made. Uh, it it's um I listened to it um because I was driving down to Philadelphia actually for sort of the outlier first event on the book tour it was I I read at Jim Stakes in Philly uh which was fun. Um but uh it, it's uh it's just one in this this season is a crime story but it's one long story that's being told of, over a number of episodes and it's incredibly absorbing. So I recommend it. I know it's not cool to, it's not good etiquette to talk about other podcasts on a podcast, although yeah, I don't, we can. don't know why that is. But this is a very yeah. good podcast. Yeah. I'll have to give um, it a shot. Yeah. yeah. I, I recommend it. It's quite quite absorbing. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there were other podcasts, but that's great. I'll listen to it. Um, sort of some big news. I thought we were the only one. No, no, it's a thing. Oh, well, Rich Tapestry. Well, that's good. That's good. That's Podcaster good. Rich Tapestry. I guess it's catching on. <laughs> I'm reading a, a good a good book about a steakhouse. Do tell. So called "Love Me Back" by Merritt Tierce. Uh, racy. It's a ra- it's a raciest book I've read in some time. Racy. It's racy. There's a lot of doing it in it the the doing um, of sexes there's a lot of sex doing um, and uh it's in a steakhouse a high-end steakhouse in dallas is the main <laughs> the main setting for it uh, all right all right wow I, there's a lot of a lot of quotes here a lot of um uh, really really praise praiseful reviews i'll, I'll put this in the notes love me back by merit tears Marie, a young single mother, lands a job in an upscale Dallas steakhouse. She is preternaturally attuned to the appetites of her patrons, but quickly learns to hide her private struggle behind an easy smile and a crisp white apron. In a world of long hours and late nights where everything runs on a currency of favors, cash, and cachet, Marie gives in to brutally self-destructive impulses and so on. Except for the brutally self-destructive part, that is a terrible summary of the novel. It sounds... um, Super lame, a, but it is an awful <laughs> summary of the novel, except for the self, brutally self-destructive part. Okay, good. But yeah. I would say hilariously self-destructive. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't give. There's absolutely no sense in this description that there is anything uh, funny in this book. And this Pretty is a funny. thing. This is a thing that I I I've like a lot of write. funny 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 blowjob scenes. Okay. Good, good. Well, blowjobs are inherently hilarious. A lot They're of just... walk-in cooler uh, <laughs> eroticism. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Uh, no, I'll go. I'll I'll read that. Um, I I think I think a, f- a funniness in fiction is vastly underrated and does not. And I'm not talking about like explicitly comic 
novels and short stories. I'm talking about, um, and poetry as well. I'm talking about a certain uh, cast of mind, a certain frame of reference vis-a-vis the, the world. How, how, you, how you see things, yeah. how you acknowledge the fact that human life is absurd. I think the novel is a comic genre. The novel, I mean, historically it is. That's an interesting idea. It's a comic genre. I mean, even, even stuff that we say is heavy is often hilarious. I mean, Tolstoy Crime is and funny. punishment, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So the, the Russians, they're, they're cracking jokes left and right. Yep. Chekhov. Um, Chekhov's hilarious. Yeah. Um, even like, you know, I don't know. Uh, Sinclair Lewis. Funny. Really? I haven't read Sinclair Lewis. It's funny. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of people who, who have a, who seem dour and, you know, uh, like serious, serious novelists yes. with their serious works. Mm-hmm. They're pretty funny. Tend to be a lot funnier than any novel that sets out to be a comic novel. Right. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, the, uh, I just handed in a book review of a comic novel, an explicitly, intentionally comic novel. And uh, I, ha- I have mixed feelings about it. I, I mostly liked it, and the review is, mostly contains uh, praise, um, measured praise. But it got me thinking about what a hard genre that is. The comic novel, the intentionally comic novel, is almost, it's almost uh, inevitably going to fail. And I, I admire people who, who, um, you know, who, who work that territory. Mm-hmm. Make, no, it's it's it a satiric comedy novel. What the one I'm, I reviewed? Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't say what it is yet, but it's, um, right, yeah, right. it's, it's pretty satirical. But it's it's kind of a it's kind of a small town, an over the top small town drama that involves a lot of um, involves a lot of intrigue and un- implausible, crazy plot devices. Um, which at first seem um, at first seem merely unbelievable and and un- uh, from to me more unbelievable than I was willing to accept, and then quickly seems more like part just part of the fabric of the book, and then later starts to maybe just be a little too a little over the top a little too much but um but you can read it yourself decide Mm -hmm. what you mean i also just reviewed a book another book i can't talk about that actually because it's too specific but here's Mm. something i discovered about myself do you want to can i talk to you about my work habits i'd like to know about yourself yeah i want to talk about uh myself the the novelist J. Robert Lennon, novelist and short story writer J. Robert Lennon and how he does stuff. Uh, I have discovered that there is a sweet spot for me, especially when it comes to book reviewing. When I have a deadline for something, my youthful instinct is to get stuff done as far ahead of time as possible so that there is the least amount of time where I'm anticipating having to do the work that it's too stressful for me to know that the work is ahead of me, so I do the work right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and oddly, the things that I procrastinate about are usually things that only take me five minutes but are psychically, sure. psychically sure. painful, like send, like responding to an email uh, from, from someone I have a contentious relationship with. Filling out a form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going uh-huh. to... The, the, the particular uh, variety of boredom and anxiety that comes from filling out a form, um, especially yep. a badly laid out form, which is almost every form in existence. Um, 
that those things I put off forever and then discharge in five minutes and wonder why I waited. But I've discovered that a lot of stuff, uh, schoolwork is another example, reading student manuscripts. I've been in my undergraduate workshop this semester. I have, I, I scheduled myself because I'm the guy who does that in the afternoon, early afternoon as an experiment. Mm -hmm. I, I usually like to teach in the morning, but I like this better. It turns out because now I can go to work and I do, I read and comment on the stories right before class and at thus, work. At work, and therefore, not only do I not sort of taint my home slash creative life with my work life, though I enjoy reading student stories. We don't want any creative tainting. No, no, definitely not. Uh, I uh, everything is super fresh in my mind um, in class, yep. and mm -hmm. I I remember everything. I remember what page everything is on. I can just go right to it. And uh, even if I if I do it even the day before, I start to forget things because too many thoughts have come between me and class. So similarly, these reviews, I got this review. Um, I had a couple to do at the same time by just by coincidence. And one of them, uh, the one I saved for last, I was in a bit of a panic because I'd given myself only a week to read the book, read the books that the book refers to because it's a, it's a referential book and write 1,400 words on the book. Uh, but what ended up happening was, because that was how much time I had, that's how much time I took. And I did nothing but read and take notes on this book for three days. And then I woke up this morning at 5.30, and I wrote the whole review in two hours. Because it, as it turns out, the entire thing had been in my head, had been building in my head the entire time. If I composed it. Yeah. And if I'd taken mm -hmm. a month... I mean, I hadn't composed the individual sentences, but I knew... The different sections would be what order the thoughts would be in, and how I would conclude it. What what aspects of the writing that I would comment upon, which quotes I would use, because I had put boxes around them in my notebook. Uh, if I had taken a month to do this, it would have taken far long. It would have taken me two or three days to write the review, because I would have had to reach through not only memory but through my notes and through the book itself to find the stuff that I wanted. I, it was all so recent that, like, when I wanted one particular quote, I didn't even have to look. I put page numbers in the notebook so that I could find them mm -hmm. again, but um, I didn't even have to look in the notebook. I just opened this 500-page book, knew that it was in the upper left-hand corner, and fanned yeah. the, fan the, the page, relevant pages. The page, was, the page was still warm. Yeah, pretty fact. much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I think, you know, I think I would have wasted a lot of time and maybe not written as good a review if I had taken a month to do it. If I had given myself two days to do it instead of a week, it would have been worse. But it would also have been worse if I'd given myself a month. You're still looking the, the work in the face. You have a, yeah. a kind of obligation to respond, a personal obligation to respond that yeah. the immediacy fills out. Yeah. You learned something about yourself, John. I did. I learned something about myself today. It's great. It's great. It's going to save you a lot of time. <laughs> Well, anxiety is the main thing I'm trying to prevent. Not um, it'll save me a little time, I guess, but I don't want to go you know, too far with this. You know the joke about the? Uh, I think it's said in Tompkins County. Um, a guy from the city was driving, driving around and saw uh, sees a farmer by the, you know, by the by his in his orchard, yeah, uh, by the side of the road, and he's holding up this big pig, holding the pig up to the tree. So they can eat apples, you know, holds the pig up to one apple, pig eats that apple, moves around the tree, 
holds the pig up to another apple, which it munches, and sort of going around the tree, going around the orchard. And the guy from the city pulls up and says, hey, Mr. Farmer, I, I don't mean to tell a man his business, but <laughs> don't, you think you'd, don't you think you'd save a lot of time if you just put the hog down on the ground and, and gave, him, gave him the apples that way? And the farmer looks at the tree and looks at the pig, looks at the man and says, well, I guess it would, but uh, what's time to a hog? <laughs> I don't think I've heard that. Save a little bit of time, but why bother? Pigs in no hurry. <laughs> Country jokes. I love them. I love them. It's, it reminds me of what that what was the uh, from a previous podcast, uh, one of our cartoon podcasts the, uh, about the part, the parson, the parson's humor. The country the parson. Ca- country parson. With the, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a drawing of yeah. a guy orating, and there's a little quote yeah. underneath it. Yeah, then what's time to do a hog? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, he's got that voice. Yeah, he talks oh. a little bit like this sometimes, too. He's, he doubles as the stage manager. When, when your stage <laughs> manager's sick, he's like the, the global understudy for stage managers in productions of our town. So has Wilfred Brimley actually, in fact, played the stage manager in our town, or is he just in my mind, just the 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 prototypical, the, both, the, or, the or stage manager? Both, yeah. Time was. Uh, diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. 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 <laughs> Wilfred Brimley. Crumley looks so greatly resembled Wilfred Brimley that it was sometimes <laughs> difficult to be around him. <laughs> <laughs> Wilfred Grimley. <laughs> oh yeah. Good old Crumley. He came up he came up in conversation not long ago with somebody or other. Who the hell was that? I shouldn't have brought it up because I'm not gonna remember. But it's somebody it's, though. People are yeah. still talking about Jim Crumley. It was someone who was startled to hear that I that Rian and I had known him and were, you know, had been to his house and didn't someone who didn't realize what, what our connections were and that we used to live in Missoula and so on. Um, great cat I think there's um, there's never going to be a photo of me hanging where I used to sit in a bar I, I I think I think that is that's an honor that will not I can now say with confidence is not going to be you gotta, conferred you gotta upon put me. in you gotta put in a lot of time you really do and what's time yeah. to a hog yeah um, out at the depot there's not one but two pictures of of crumley hanging by his his old seat really i thought i remember yeah. one but there's oh, there's two there's two there's like a a, a recent picture of him a, a candid and then an author photo like his young younger rugged author photo yeah they're both both instilled there installed there yeah is there a uh, taboo about sitting there i think so people will sit there but i, I don't know anybody who who knew him? Who would sit there? Yeah, you seems never? It seems no. I've sat next to the spot, but it just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it seems like it's part of the 
Uh, it's a too funerary. It's too sad. It's too close. I mean, it's not terribly sad that he died. I mean, he lived a full, fun life and lived a remarkable age, considering yeah. how he lived. <laughs> uh, but uh, something about that chair sitting there and sitting next to it, and uh, it just seems inappropriate. Yeah. I can, I can see that. And I don't like to see other people sit there. Some fucking, you know, accountant in town on the job who's there on the expense account by himself <laughs> sitting in that spot. I don't like to see it. Yeah, you don't like to see a bar get like it. that. You, um, it kind of surprises me that in his later years, uh, Crumley was a, was a depot man. The depot is always a little, a little swanky. He wasn't exclusively a depot man. He might end the evening at the depot. He would, might take his dinner at the depot. Yeah. But uh, um, I think he, 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 he put an equal time at... At Charlie's, I, I hope? I don't, think, I don't think he was a stranger at Charlie's. <laughs> <laughs> or at Allen's and Vic's. Yeah. Or at the, uh, the double nickel. Yeah. Around the corner. Yeah. I like the double nickel. Yeah. I had a fun time there with you. Yeah, we went there kind of late. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably Oh, that's lit. right. That dr- that drunk guy with the wearing a complete engineer's outfit, like like a two year old. Mm-hmm. With his, with like his somebody Irish who, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um good bars. Good bar stories. Yeah. I I haven't been in a Bar for a few days. I watched the <laughs> yeah. World Series. Um, my Kansas City Royals were in the World Series games. I was thinking of you, and up I'm... to the seventh game, up to the last out, we had a Royal on third base, just ninety feet away from at least tying the game. Didn't and uh, and the last out, the la- two of the last outs, um, for the two two of the outs from the, the bottom of the ninth were. Uh, Foul balls that were caught. That's not cool. It's really sad. Yeah, not cool. Not what dramatic. The, the not final dramatic. out of the game was a caught foul ball. Yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate. Right near was it? Right near the stands. It was right near that person on third base, so you could oh. see it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And did it the person all... on third base say "booga booga booga"? He did. <laughs> The, the, the uh, microphones didn't catch it, but but he did. It was uh, uh, it was it was fun to have your team in the World Series. Yeah, it hadn't happened for us since 1985, um, and um, but it was not dramatic. The, the the Giants had a pitcher, Madison Bumgardner, who, despite his name and his youth, <laughs> won three of the games. Just shut us out for 36 scoreless innings. Um, uh, one run, I think he allowed. So we had an ERA of 0.25 for the World Series. That's amazing. Pitched 36 innings. It's never been done. I mean, that that spooky level of pitching had never happened over the course of an entire series from one person. Um, if not for him, we were pretty well matched teams, except that they had they had him. You know, yeah, they had Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Zeus, instead of instead of the Greek gods kind of you know cursing 
like an inter- intervening in the ways of, of men through storms and calamities. He just cut to the chase and came down and pitched. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the gods. So there, there is there is a part in the Iliad when the gods came came down and, and fought in in disguise in the in the Iliad. Yeah, some of them do, but the less dignified ones. It's, there's no dignity in it. <laughs> so, so but I drank. Uh, I watched innings five through from the fifth inning to the end at a bar in Everett, Washington. Uh, called Homeport, the Homeport Bar. It was not yeah. particularly great. It was so not great that uh, they were showing the World Series, but the most everybody in the bar was watching the other TV screen, which was showing Jeopardy, and that's the one that they were listening to. So we watched the World Series as the regulars watched and responded to the game show Jeopardy. So we didn't have any audio. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and then we got a couple so we got a couple of uh, fruit punch four locos and drank those on the way home what what is that drink i've never it's had that ener- drink it's like a malt liquor energy drink it's terrible it's a it so it's got booze and what where's the energy come from like this the junk that's in um monster energy drink or um red bull is I it think. vile does it taste terrible it's awful all right and sweet. Yeah. It's a good way to punish yourself. <laughs> For being human. And to make to make to make the all memory of the San Francisco Giants go away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what can I say? Uh, I uh, haven't really I, I haven't watched I haven't watched baseball in I think really with any intensity since nineteen eighty five. So it was That's about when I st- I think the year the Orioles won the series is was the last year I was into baseball. It was strange the way that I, mean, I watched every game, and I was able. I mean, I watched them, and I didn't talk, even though I was often watching them with other people. I mean, you I mean this, watched the game. this year, this year, yeah. watched the game, shut off my mind, focused on the game. Yeah, cared a lot about it. Yeah, felt bad when we lost. Felt kind of neutral when we won because I knew that it was there's only one win in the world series which is the right you know you can lose three times but, but after you can ga- win once. Game, game six must have gotten your hopes up you must have been like because you, because that's the you know the direction is the come from behind victory it's such a 10 to zero story. yeah 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 well yeah um so i don't i don't need to get excited about any more sports teams for a while all right it kind of gets it kind of gets at you and in some uh, very dull, unproductive way. Well, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. One of the reasons that I I love the literary world is that it's not a thing you can win at. I mean, yeah. you there's the prizes, but those are ridiculous, and they're not they don't they're not actually any kind of you know a measure of skill as the um, as the World Series is. There's no winning. Um, there's plenty of losing. Of course, mm-hmm. levels of losing, but um, but uh, that particular kind of anxiety just is is upsetting to me. Although I find that I'm often envious of people who enjoy sports um, the the way I once did when I was a kid. I, uh, there's there's a particular kind of investment. Your, in your brother loves thing. the sports. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. works in the sports world. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, are but back to bars. Are you? Are there any you're planning to uh, lead me to when I'm in town? Oh, I could. I could. Could do. There's some that very very near the house. Yeah. That are okay. Teddy's. Okay. Uh, is okay. Atlantic Crossing is okay. Cafe Racer is very nice. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that's a restaurant too, as well. It's right? a restaurant and a, a mass shooting site. I, I know. I want to go. I want to go specifically because uh, it's you know that I was really moved by that story and a, and uh, any sort of it, I want to I want to be a part of the effort to yeah bring pop back, it. We'll, bring we'll, back we'll, its we'll mojo. Pop, we'll pop in and have a drink. I mean, right. and like I think five of my poems in the next book refer to it I mean, yeah you know the yeah, road a lot of it go. there um so those are nearby that are fine um but i think the the areas in town that i where i admire the bars are over in ballard although my favorite bars have been torn down in ballard including the sainted viking uh, but olaf's is there olaf's is a nice scandinavian bar good and we can go to. Rather than that, it's Capitol Hill. Since you'll be reading at Elliott Bay, I suspect that after your reading, we'll probably maybe retire over to Vermilion or right. the Unicorn or uh, the Knee High Stocking Club. What's the place right next door? Like literally on the same block as. There's Oddfellows, the I Comet. Think that's, it was the, the it Comet. Was odd, it was Oddfellows Comet. where I went last time, though. Right next door, yeah. That's yeah, fine. The Comet, uh, which is down on the corner, which predates everything else in that area. When I first moved to Seattle in 94, 96, um, you, you know, the, the Comet and the bar across the street, you know, where that's the, that's the epicenter of the, the, the grunge music that you like so much. <laughs> um, and so that you, you, that you like so much. <laughs> And and uh, and anyway, so we we go down there to see concerts and maybe have a beer at the Comet. But there was nothing else open, and I think many of the buildings around it were were not anything. Maybe warehouses, auto yeah. parts stores, and it was a scary walk. Like the block that Elliott Bay is right now, the, the, from the walking from the the you know two hundred feet from the Comet to the Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is now Rancho Bravo. Um, was one of the scariest urban walks that I knew of. Really? Because, because there were junkies and there were it was you, know, you could get jumped very easily there. Now it's a brightly lit side of yeah. the best bookstore on the West Coast, if not all of the known universe. Um, a couple of fine restaurants, an ice cream parlor, a nice record store. Yep. And that replicated in some version for thirty blocks around it. Uh, sp- speaking of places. Um Hold on, I'm gotta gotta Google this. I have to make a little pilgrimage to um, Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar. Do you know where this guitar shop is? No, in Seattle, Washington. Yeah, this is. I will. I'll tell you where specifically it is. Um, it is at twenty four eighteen Northwest Eightieth Street. Where's that? Ballard. Okay. Ballard. Oh, is that Doug? Is that Doug Yule's store? I don't. I don't know. Two no, guys Doug named... Yule. Do I? The Velvet Underground? Oh. Uh no, has, I don't think he has a he has a violin repair shop in Ballard. Really? In that area. Uh, Doug wow. Yule has a violin repair shop in that area. 
Uh, no, the the two guys who run the place are named Mike Ball and Michael Adams, and they um they have a great Tumblr about guitars. They just talk about you know if a cool guitar comes in, and they seem to come in daily. Um, they'll do repairs, wiring, replace pickups, new bridge, like all kinds of alterations. They do customizations. Mu- Seattle musicians um want some kind of crazy configuration for their guitar. They'll bring it in there and they'll they'll whip something cool up. And it's very inspiring to me. I've, they've caused me to own more guitars actually. Um, but it's actually the best written blog about guitars that there is, and they have this great um. I gotta find it. It's this fantastic uh, article on how to change your guitar strings. Yeah, which is just not a thing people ever really address with any with any great um, skill or detail. But these guys wrote, you know, d- depending on what kind of guitar you have, what kind of stringing system, it's very well written and well laid out. So i i sent I sent it to our guitarist, who's who usually tries to get. Our other guitarist usually tries to get me to change the strings for, because it's a pain I, in the ass if you don't do it a lot. Oh, I'm terrible at it. Yeah, I can change a banjo string with with some some speed, but yeah, the guitar. I, I'm, I need to put new strings on my own guitar. Um, well, I think about getting. Yeah. I think I think I need a different guitar. You mean an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar? Uh, acoustical guitar. Acoustical, yes. Yeah, I think. What do you have now? I have like a, a my, my Honer Dreadnought. Yeah. And I think uh, I think I need a normal sized guitar, normal shaped guitar. I think the the uh, the extra body. I can't seem to lose any weight, but I think my I could use a smaller, a thinner <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Yeah, I uh um I'm very happy too, with it's my, too uh, roomy sounding. It's too roomy sounding. I realized when I was playing it recently cuz I, I did a live show, or, you know, um played the songs and that was fine for that, but then picking I was trying to play guitar at the little jam session I go to on Monday nights. Yeah. Are you here on on Monday? You're here uh, on Monday. I'll no, keep talking, I'll tell you in a, I'll tell you in a minute. And uh so this little jam session I go to on Monday nights at Al's Tavern, I thought I'd try to play the guitar instead of the banjo because, uh, you know, it's try to get a little better at the guitar. And it just didn't sound right in that uh, ensemble. Too too roomy sounding, too uh, folky sounding. Need well, to, I've got need to have to, a guitar that has some attack on it for that. I have, I've got two acoustic guitars that I, that I play regularly. One I've had for 15 years, and it's a Gibson J45, which I think of as as the the um platonic ideal of the rock guitar uh rock acoustic guitar uh and it has sort of sloped shoulders it doesn't have those big sort of angular shoulders that a lot of dreadnoughts have it's a slightly smaller body great great sound very bluesy sound mm-hmm. the other thing is i have a smaller guitar i guess you'd call it an auditorium size is what they call it it's a martin mahogany small bodied guitar with a slotted peg head and i can't remember the name of it uh, but it's great. It's great for sitting around and picking with a yep. bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Sounds good in that mix. So those are those are my faves. But we should go. Uh, we should go play some guitars together. I, I arrive on Tuesday and I'm staying till Thursday morning. That's the plan, by the way. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a little bit of playing. 
Yeah. And actually, you know what? I'm only staying one night, I think. Uh, you don't know what you're doing. Because I'm flying out of I'm flying out of Spokane, and I gotta I gotta drive back to Spokane in order to fly to San Francisco. So I'm staying one night. Okay. But uh, let's, let's do that. That's fine. I'll be there. I'll be there probably pretty early on on Tuesday. So <laughs> hey, you know, um, I gotta wrap a little bit after an hour because I gotta go to a meeting at work. But uh, what? And you can say no to this uh, request um, if you want to keep it private, but uh, what do you think of my book that may not be a book? Oh, I think I think it's um, I think it's like two-thirds of a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a different sort of order. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I All think right, it's because uh, it, it's, it's several cascades of things. Yes. Right? Um, which have... Uh, uh, a lot of exuberance and inventiveness and and you know and emotion and intellect and dy- dynamicism um, <laughs> but i think that the i think that there's a, another thing that needs to happen in it some more uh something more foundational something give it a little a little steady counterpoint i think you need a counterpoint yeah Counter, a counterbalance to these cascades of some sort. Now that is my sense as well, but I don't know what that thing is. Something that, that, that is also, you know, inventive, exuberant, that's um, keeping with the, the the energy and the originality of, of, of the other pieces. But maybe that is something like a like a you know like a fifty page story or something. Oh, really? You know, like a continue, like a like one, so, like something that, that that has a sustain. Like a like a like a we have uh, so you have like a tower crane right yeah <clears throat> and a lot of the things are are things that like that the the crane can move around you know yeah. like variables but you need something you know so it's a little counterbalanced yeah to, you know some chunky thing some chunky motherfucker <laughs> to uh, to to anchor everything else see I've been thinking along lines of another category of short things to add but that's a really interesting idea. But it also means that's a, that's also a kind that's also a uh, a form I've never written in. I attempted to do it once and and uh, failed. Yeah. But I really like that idea. Something like uh, you know, there's there's a, there's a, a specific story I was thinking of that would be like the kind of story. So you can't use this one exactly. That would um, be the sort of thing that would match the the style and the temperament of the other pieces. Yeah. Something like the, um, the making of Ashenden. <laughs> you know, there's something, something that, that is like basically one of these short things, ridiculous and, and fast that just happens to take yeah. 50 pages. You yeah. Know? <laughs> making something of Ashenden. outrageous and, you know, uh, so that's my thought. My main thought would be more specific, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, I see it as a tower crane. A tower that, crane that needs that, that 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 can carry lots of things around a construction site, but in order to to carry them, needs needs a a ballast. All right, great. Well, there's at least one thing I'm taking out of it, which is this story, a longish story called Firewood that was in electric literature. It doesn't. I don't think it fits. I that was I was in a phase where I was like, what else can I put in this thing? And I was uh-huh. dragging shit in there, but um. And I've added a couple of other little short things, but um, I like the idea of a ballast story. I think maybe after I revise my novel, I'll start thinking about what that might be. 
I'll see what mm-hmm. Alice thinks too. She she I gave her a copy and she hasn't gone back to me yet. Yeah. See. All right. All right. Maybe uh, um you have you have a couple of novels that you that are in the drawer. Yeah. That are in drawers. Maybe there's yeah. some well, something excisable from one of those. There, there. I was. I immediately thought of this rock and roll novel that I started and abandoned last year. Um, and maybe I was thinking maybe that's a novella actually. But um, I got to think about it. I don't. I. I don't want to. I, wanna, I yeah, feel yeah. like the idea of writing something in order to be fifty pages, writing something that's intentionally fifty pages, is a different kind of project than repurposing something that was conceived as three hundred pages. And maybe I'd like to, maybe I'd like to get into that mindset and try to do that. It's, it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's good. Um, can we finish up? I I wanted to. Um, you know, Galway Canal died. Oh, of course. Very fine and important poet. Yeah, I was wondering if we could uh, finish up with me reading a, a poem would, of his that I like. Love that. Would love that. Is this uh, something that actual light? Is this something online that uh, readers or listeners can uh, follow along with? Um, yeah, it's easy to find online. Um, I'll just read it out of a book, but it's Flower Herding on Mount Manadnock. Okay. I think that's Here how you is. pronounce it. Yeah. Flower Herding on Mount Manadnock. Manadnock. Manadnock? I think so. Sounds better. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is Vermont, I think, or New Hampshire. I think it's the tallest mountain in one of those little bullshit states. Is it is it Galway Canal who was um, fighting fighting against the speedway being built on the other side of his mountain? Um, I, I don't was. know. Yeah, pretty sure. There's nothing worse than a speedway. But go on. I can support it no longer, laughing ruefully at myself. For all I claim to have suffered, I get up. Damned nightmare. It is New Hampshire out here. It is nearly the dawn. The song of the whippoorwill stops and the dimension of depth seizes everything. Two. The song of a peabody bird goes overhead like a needle pushed five times through the air. It enters the leaves and comes out little changed. The air is so still that as they go off through the trees, The love songs of birds do not get any fainter. Three. The last memory I have is of a flower which cannot be touched, through the bloom of which all day fly crazed, missing bees. Four. As I climb, sweat gets up my nostrils. For an instant I think I am at the sea. One summer off Cap Ferrat, we watched a black seagull straining for the dawn. We stood in the surf. Grasshoppers splash up where I step. The mountain laurel crashes at my thighs. Five. There is something joyous in the elegies of birds. They seem caught up in a formal delight, though the morning dove whistles of despair. But at last in the thousand elegies the dead rise in our hearts. On the brink of our happiness we stop, like someone on a drunk starting to weep. Six. I kneel at a pool. I look through my face at the bacteria I think I see crawling through the moss. My face sees me. The water stirs the face. 
looking preoccupied, gets knocked from its bones. Seven. I weighed 11 pounds at birth, having stayed on two extra weeks in the womb. Tempted by room and fresh air, I came out big as a policeman, blue-faced, <laughs> narrow red eyes. It was eight days before the doctor would scare my mother with me, turning and craning in the vines. I can make out through the leaves, the old shimmering nothingness, the sky. Eight. Green scaly moose woods ascend, tenants of the shaken paradise. At every wind's last night's rain, at every wind, last night's rain comes splattering from the leaves. It drops in flurries and lies there, the footsteps of some running start. Nine. From a rock, a waterfall, a single trickle like a strand of wire, breaks into beads halfway down. I know the birds fly off, but the hug of the earth wraps with moss their graves and the giant boulders. Ten. In the forest I discover a flower. The invisible life of the thing goes up in flames that are invisible, like cellophane burning in the sunlight. It burns up. Its drift is to be nothing. In its covert covertness, it has a way of uttering itself in place of itself. Its blossoms claim to float in the Empyrean, a wrathful presence on the blur of the ground. The appeal to heaven breaks off. The petals begin to fall in self-forgiveness. It is a flower. On this mountainside, it is dying. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. Because it's time for lunch. Box with John. That's right, it's time for lunch box with Ed and John.